To the knowledge of its creators, no one was harmed in the recording of this broadcast. Ooh, that's good. Okay, we're all set. We're ready. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice! Why are you wearing a mask? On your chin? I was just going to take it off because it's, it's hurting my hurting my neck. Well, welcome, my Michael, to uh, my house. My Mina. Oh, I want to pay to put a blip, blip, blip. I want to put a disclaimer on this episode, talking about last week's episode. I might have said this before, but I don't remember anything. Last week. So, <laughs> I always say things to get a rise out of Michael and to be crazy and inappropriate with him. And he always tells me he's going to edit them out. I said and I then might edit them out. Last podcast, he started off with some crazy shit that I said without my consent you have every opportunity to preview no the i final wanted to be edit. spontaneous you said you were not, not gonna vote. include no that's not what i said i said i said this might be and it's on tape it's right there for all of our listeners to no. listen to as well as you no and once again we're kicking off things with an argument no you don't know let what me, you're talking about let me tell my disclaimer vote. stop acting guilty i'm not guilty you're guilty so my disclaimer is this. I cannot be held accountable for the words that come out of my mouth because <laughs> I don't know which ones are going to make it to film. <laughs> you have every opportunity to listen to the episode I'm before done. it's finally published. Statement. If you choose not to exercise that privilege... I took you at your word, <laughs> and I've learned the ranks. Now, you decided to let me know that you don't listen to every playback and that's not my fault. I listen back because I don't want an edit to go out. I'm like, oh, that's in the wrong spot. But you have every opportunity to go in and say like, oh, you know what? I think that's a little much. <laughs> I think you're being a little much right now. Maybe we I'm ought to tone on. it down. I am allowed to speak for myself. I don't need you to argue with me. Stop trying to beat me down. <laughs> I said what I said. All right. That's fine. That's cool. That's That's a lie, but whatever. <laughs> I don't care no more. Welcome, one and all, to Ooh, That's Good. <laughs> Could you, are you going to join us in the room? I gonna... don't know that I can trust you. <laughs> you didn't trust me. I'm just kidding. All I was trying to make was a simple little statement, and you had to make it into an argument. Because <laughs> you were shouty. Shouty. That's right. What are we talking about today? I know shouty it's... Um... We're going to talk about Damien Chazelle's Babylon. Awesome. <laughs> okay. You're going to keep it at this level all the way through the podcast? You think I'm yelling, but if you listen to the last recording we tested, it sounded like we were talking plain volume when we were being loud. I so was being fine. I am trying to make sure that I'm heard this time. You you just were heard. I was fine with the recording because I was certainly heard. All right. That's fine. The latest is from, uh, as I said, from Mr. Chazelle, uh, Babylon, his newest movie, which centers around the transition of uh, silent films into talkies uh, during the late 1920s, starring um, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Diego Calva, Javon um, Adepo, was he the and Lee Jean Lee? Lee Jean Lee, yes. Uh, who are you going to ask me about? I already forgot the name. Oh my god! Whatever. Keep going. <laughs> also, Gene Smart, Tobey Maguire, uh, excellent casting. I think this movie has a lot of bones to it, a lot of meat on the bones, a lot of legs. 
I can see how it was divisive. I like that it had bones. Yeah, and I know. It has legs, <laughs> and it has meat. <laughs> and it has, it has all the parts of a long-lived body. <laughs> You're not helping. <laughs> I'm just waiting to hear what you revel in. There's a lot of set pieces that I thoroughly enjoyed. So basically, again, the movie's about the transition of silent films into uh, into talkies. It's centered around um, Jack Conrad, played by Brad Pitt, who's a a silent film star who has it all, who's you know at the top of his game, um, but now will have to live into the world of talking movies. Yeah, uh, Margot Robbie plays a, uh, an actress who wants to be a star, thinks she is already a star, and that deserves a place in this this uh, pantheon, this industry of filmmaking, movie magic. Uh, Diego Calva playing Manny um, Torres, um, who wants to be part of the, the film industry as well. Um, he become basically a studio executive, getting movies produced. Yeah, I think um, he plays like every role in the in the. He does, yeah. He does studio. have a lot he works of his way up. kind of the, yeah. the, the fix it all man, and um, uh, Javon uh, Adepo, who is a plays a jazz musician, um, who oh, is yeah, transitioning from club work, um, you know, playing at parties uh, into a, a potential film career uh, at this point, and I was fascinated by this this is a three hour plus movie that i felt just not flew by but was not exhausting was completely entertaining and absorbing from from minute one to the last frame i was absorbed by it everything doesn't work but there's a lot of juiciness here what did you did you enjoy your time watching it as much as i did i really enjoyed it yeah i thought it was awesome hence me telling you before you saw it that I thought it was a lot of fun. I don't think it was n- n- as concise as it could have been. I think there was some extra fat they could have trimmed off, um, for me at least. But then I, I, some scenes were just magic, just very, very watchable. And yeah, I loved it. I thought it was an experience, a cinematic experience that I was excited to be part of. Mm. <laughs> Fine. What's the cackle for? Um, are there, Aren't so, they missing so, you from the Snow White ride at Disneyland? So were you were you drawn in uh, immediately from it? Is there was there a character that you were that you were attracted to that kind of took you through it, or was there anything that took you out of the movie? Because I mean, on my second viewing, there are things that I, I the positives are. I really love Brad Pitt in this movie. I'm, I just don't understand. I'm not sure why he wasn't nominated in this particular particular role, and not that he needed to be. But he was fantastic. I really, I bought every moment of his character of this, uh, like seemingly secure mm-hmm. on the top of his game. Um, I thought he did great. Yeah, kind of this, um, yeah, like Douglas Fairbanks Jr., Clark Gable esque star. That's like right in his perfect world. Yeah, and that he believes totally. Yeah, he believes totally in the power of movies. That he's not doing anything that's wasteful, that this is a powerful medium, and that he definitely makes a difference in people's lives, even if some of his wives don't believe so. All five of them? Uh, well, there, there were certainly several of them, but I, I just thought he was, he was fantastic in it. Margot Robbie, I just love watching her career. Her choices, they're so interesting. They are, yeah. She's not afraid to get down and dirty and play some pretty out-there characters that don't necessarily make her... In the best light, well, yeah. Who look at? I'm like from, from the moment she did Wolf of Wall Street. I'm like, who who is this woman? Like, what is she doing? Like, she's 
uh, Suicide Squad. Um, what was another one that I like? Bombshell that she was in that I really loved. Uh, I Tanya. She's just she's just Birds got a prey. really which one was that? Birds of Prey. Is that is that the other sequel to um, Suicide, Suicide Squad? Yeah. Um, Suicide Squad. Was yeah, Suicide Squad? sure. <laughs> I wanted to kill myself after watching it, so I just assumed it was Suicide I, Something. I've only seen the first one, but she was the most interesting thing in it. At least yeah, she I, really was yeah. in the first one. I guess which is why she got a spinoff. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like she's fantastic to watch. I just can't wait to see where her. I, oh, the Tanya. Barbie movie. That's the next one. Yeah, yeah, with Gosling. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm just, I'm just like I'm just fascinated by it. Um, I really enjoyed um, Javon Depo's character, Sydney uh, Palmer, as the jazz the jazz trumpeter. Yeah. Um, I thought there was more there. I think he got short shrift his character in the movie. I think he we could have done a whole feature on him alone. You think so? I yep, I really do. I think he commands the, his character commands the screen. I would have liked to see even more from 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 his story, uh, but that's not what ultimately happens. But I, I thoroughly think that there was a feature there. I think it's fascinating that you you if you look at their profile on IMDb, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven actors come before him before he's even listed. So are they alphabetical? No. Because like, his last name is Antepo. But no, I didn't <laughs> when I watched him. it, I liked him, but I didn't think of him as a lead in the movie. I thought he was a side character. Mm. Um because he didn't have that much to do. So I was I thought he did a really nice job for what he did. I just didn't think that he was the star. Oh, I don't think it was it was the star, but I think he added a lot of yeah. a lot of flavor that kind of got a little shunted uh, during the press. I mean, yes, it was a three three hour plus movie, three hours eight minutes, um, and I think some characters were more fleshly drawn uh, than others. I, and I'll get to Diego Calva's Manny um, in, in a minute, in, in one quick minute. Um, but I, I just thought for his presence on screen, and then. Watching it a second time, I I, I thought that there was a, a a lot going on. Like the way he's treated by the industry, the fact that he's not going to be treated how they're going to try to portray him or try to beat him down. Yeah. Um. I just realized that he's in the leftovers. He's the young yeah. boy, the neighbor boy. I I didn't remember what character he was, but yeah, he's in Holy the leftovers. Moses. Yeah. Yep. That's very cool. He's in a ton of stuff I've seen. Um. He's always very very strong. Very strong. I think his scene towards the end where they make him paint his face was oh, was just devastating. I'm just tragic. like, why can't you? And my I, my thought was like, why can't you change the lighting? You can't change. I mean, I understand that at the t- at the time it's hard to do all the reset. You just like you just can't change the lighting on that to make him. He's already. It's yeah. so humiliating to oh, have a terrible. black man put blackface on. I'm like, well, I'm already not black enough for you. So I've got to color my face to be even darker. Yeah, I'm like it's not pain. I mean, it's just so insulting. I just find that you that to have someone, a person of color, to have them paint their face to make their to, to make their image like it's just paint, just paint it. And yeah, then, and then I don't think anybody disagrees with you. I don't think. Oh well, no, I mean there are people that probably disagree with you, but they're not the kind of people we associate with. But no, it was tragic. It was like gut wrenching to watch, and I thought he performed it very well. Yeah, I, and so that was so that was something I thought that he, like uh, an, another feature of his character. I think that's something that could be brought in. Yeah. Like what brought him to these parties, um, and he had the whole uh, like 
he keeps berating one of his other colleagues. So like, is he the one that's berating, or is he the one being berated? No, that's what I thought the first time around. Yeah. But no, he's the one that's berating. Oh, like he's he wants the one them that, to elevate okay. his crap. Like, God. he's not doing it. You yeah. need to play better. Yeah. So I'm okay. like, I'm just wondering. And he's the one that knows about the European uh, yeah. pianist. Yes, yes, pianist. Yes. And so I wanted to know more about his his background, his gotcha. story, okay. how he got there. Cool. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes, we could have. And of course, there's going to be spoilers throughout this this little this usually. podcast. You usually are. But nobody listens, so we're good. That's all right. We have, no, we have 17 subscribers. Surprisingly, we have 17 subscribers, including wow. myself. <laughs> On Spotify. I didn't think anybody was subscribing, so I'm just like, Thank oh, that's awesome. Thank you for listening to his ramblings and my that's comic gold. That's comic gold. Comic comedic gold. gold. <laughs> it's neither. So that's that's okay. Um but on second <laughs> second viewing, I think the whole bit at the end with um Tobin Maguire's character, Jack. Whatever Mexican that I wouldn't K. have told people because that was a nice surprise. Mm, well, they know he's in the movie. No, they don't. He wasn't advertised in the movie. It was a guest spot. Well, I know he was in the movie. Well, I knew he was in the movie because you stalk him. I'm not stalking. But him. no, I, I I had read that he was a, a really shining star in the guest spot role, but he's not listed on the cast of characters. It's not. It's not that there's a problem with his act. It's not a problem with the acting. It's like it doesn't feel necessary. Like watching it the second time, like all really? we're getting into like not false endings, but different endings. There's Jack's ending. There's uh, Sydney's ending. There's Nellie's ending. There's uh, Diego's ending. Uh-huh. And then we also have this just before getting there that kind of facilitates all of this mm-hmm. um, is this underworld travesty gr- grotesqueness. That's um you thought it was grotesque? Yeah, and then yeah. on se- on second viewing, I'm like, it's also unnecessary. I thought it was yes. a regular Sunday afternoon. Yeah. In it, the dungeons. It makes sense on paper, like it does track plot wise to get Manny where he needs to be at the end of the film, like out of that Hollywood. Yeah. And then it, it also where it just takes a gimp. Where <laughs> and an where, alligator. <laughs> yes, but but at the same time, it also where Nelly's exit comes um, as well. Like I wish he could ch- have changed the order. Um, like, and I want Nelly's ending, oh, Nelly's ending to be next to last after Diego's. I think what? it's funny you keep calling these endings. It's called arcs. It's called story. No, there wasn't. Arcs, a, but no, he, he had. They all had an arc, but he ended the movie four. Damien ended the movie four different times. Nelly walking off into the darkness. Jack's death or his funeral. Javon telling him how he went back to the club scene. Like this is how I, this is where I am now. Yeah. Let me play you a little ditty from the old days. Yeah. And then Diego revisiting the cinema yeah. with his family or the, 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 the yeah the studio. I don't know that I would call those endings. I, I call just, them endings. Oh, yeah. Well, apparently you. Do. Well, there's their character endings. <laughs> yes, I most certainly do. <laughs> and there were too many of them, and they were in the wrong order. It was just too that whole. The whole and when we get to the to the to the patio scene with with uh, Toby's character, it's just too much, and it doesn't feel real. I'm like, yes, there's debauchery. Like at the beginning, you have this whole uh, scene at one the of the moguls, yeah. oh, so and it works yeah. so well. Yeah. Even the not the, the the recall of it when you see Nellie there at the beginning of her yeah. of her story, yeah. 
and knowing where she is at the end, we find out what happens. It was to kind her. of reminiscent for me of like Moulin Rouge, the first Kit Kat yes, Club, yes, and, uh, the Great Gatsby. Like it, it had those moments of like just cinematic pleasure. I mean, it was tons there, but it could have been could have been tightened up. I think this we could have gotten that emotion. Like I didn't feel for the characters. Like man, Manny's the the, the character is the cipher. Like yes, he's the audience surrogate. I think it was just a different version of. Because there's so many different versions of the Hollywood story, depending on who you are, what color your skin is, male, female. Mm -hmm. They all have different experiences. And so I think it was more about tracking this wide group of people that interact with each other, but aren't necessarily in each other's lives. Because if you notice halfway through, Brad Pitt, who brought him into this, doesn't even recognize him, really. He just kind of walks past him and doesn't pay yeah. much attention. And I So like, oh, I think yeah, it was yeah. more about just telling a version of everybody's story. You know, the Latino side, the African-American, the female, the white male which of course is one that everybody tells uh but so it was just that each journey was different because you don't relate with his journey it, it's probably less enjoyable for you to watch because it's not something you come from experience wise mm, i also there's <laughs> other things there too <laughs> now i hear i hear what you're saying sir i disagree you can you can put yourself <laughs> in marvel robbie's shoes because you want to be her i don't want to be her yes you do but i felt that she all right so yes i felt that there were things about her character that were that scene when she's in the bathroom and there someone's talking about her which i heard was damien it's damien chazelle's voice that that's him oh is that him on, on the other side, side of the door yeah uh, which i'm like yeah you're not wrong on what you're saying about her but at the same time, she's honest to who she is. She's not pulling any punches. She's passionate. She's intelligent. She's talented. You thought she was intelligent? I thought she was. Did you know how she dies? Yes, I know how she dies. I That's thought she, intelligence? I thought she was intelligent as far as what she needed to do on camera. Like, you know, like, again, I said, I, said, I love characters that you see them thinking in real time. Diego's character, uh, Manny, does not do that. He's just, he's just performing what his director wants and what's on the page. I don't feel any inner light from him. I don't I can agree with you on that. I don't understand why he's in love. I know why I'm in love with Nelly's character. I don't feel it. I don't know why he is. I don't feel anything. I, I, can, I can see it. I don't understand it, and I don't believe it. Okay. I don't know that I believe it, but I saw it in the beginning, but then I don't see that. I, I never thought that the relationship was that strong that he would have done everything he does for her at the end. I knew there was an infatuation in the beginning mm. and a like, wow, because she is maybe the loudest person at the party, but she's not the brightest person. And I think that's the connection they were trying to make. And because the, there's this huge party going on, all these wonderful things, all these crazy people. And this guy zeroes in on this one girl and becomes attached to that one girl. And it's about that attachment to her throughout the series of their relationship that he ultimately decides to make these decisions to help try and save her at the end. But I didn't feel like you, like that it was a genuine, they made, did enough believing act, not maybe acting, but they did, didn't set enough ground that I actually believed that he would do that for her. Mm -hmm. I believe he liked her in mm -hmm. the end, but I don't believe that he would have laid his life down for her. And she definitely wouldn't have done for him, but that part did not ring true at the end. So I agree with you on that. Other than that, I disagree with everything you said, and I think you watched a totally different movie than me. We always watch two different movies, but I, I, no, I'm I was just kidding. I, I, I was sort of fascinated you're pretty by close. it. And I just, oh, I just that scene where this, this, that scene between Gene Smart and um, as the kind of the head of Hopper, uh, yeah, 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 uh, columnist and uh, Jack Brad Pitt's character, 
when he goes to confront her about the article that she's written about his latest uh, that's a speaking. Great, great scene. Great it's a fa- that's that's where you get. That's why you hire people like of Gene Smart's Martin. caliber. Yeah. I mean, Brad's doing fantastic work. I yeah. love Brad Pitt's yeah. role. That's why you have these people doing what they yeah. do. They're so good at it. Yeah. And that was that scene just blew me she away. She brought so many levels to that role too. And in the party scene, she's gregacious and she's loud. And then that scene where she takes her to that uppity scale party and tries mm-hmm. to be her corraller and her, you know, maybe mm-hmm. her older sister kind of try to help her. Um, and then ultimately give up on her, but then also try to actually help somebody from, yeah, I don't know. I just, there was so many layers to that character. I thought yeah, it, was it was quite, quite well done. Yeah. Okay, first I'm like, why is she in a movie like this? I mean, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a lot of talk about how debauched and, and over the top and excessive it is. Uh, and I'm just like, why would Jean Smart be involved in something like this? But I see her place in this particular world. Oh, I think reading that on the page, she probably was like, I want this. I want, you know, mm, I don't right. know. it's like when Alice and Janney won her Oscar, she started getting offered movies she never would have been offered before. And she made that action film. And she said, oh, I just really wanted to do it. an action. And it's a great movie. She's so good at it. But she's like, nobody ever would have put me in an action movie. But when I saw it, and I was like, oh, this is an opportunity to do something I've never done before. And I may never get this. So that might have been with Jean. She's like, She's tired of playing the aunt and the mom and the the funny old lady. She wants to play something a little deeper. Mm-hmm. And I think she carried it very, very, very well. I, I agree. I'm quite pleased with my the, favorite the scene. Casting. Thanks for asking. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> well, we've been on 20 minutes. We're going to end this soon. Uh, my favorite scene. Oh, I love the scene. Um, I love things that feel like plays and feel like stage direct um, is the scene where they first try to record with sound. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And everybody, the guy that dies in the box, the guy, the sound guy, they're all dialed into that scene. And it feels like a very well-rehearsed play. And it's like the the way they do that, it's like noises off. There's exchanges that have to be timed perfectly for them to be funny and to resonate. They had to have timed those. It felt like timing was key. And they all delivered in that scene. And, it, and I thought it was a totally different movie at that point because it was such a different vibe from the rest of the movie. But I felt like that was like an actor's playground. Like they were allowed mm. to just have fun. Oh, it was so good. And it's like, oh, I just couldn't. I could watch that scene over and over again. Fun and racist. <laughs> I, was it? Uh, yeah. Remember the, the producer or the, I don't know if he's oh, like the AD. The or, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just yeah. like, oh, there's a lot. Like, oh, oh that's yeah. not cool, man. Yeah. I think my mouth was so like just had dropped open. And I was just like taking in the spectacle mm-hmm. that that kind of like. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but whitewashed. Um, that actor has a funny bit in the uh, old Avenger New Christine when she wants to go to a Rolling Stone concert and she's trying to get tickets, although they're completely sold out, but she doesn't know that. He's like, Oh, yeah, we always keep an emergency pair of tickets. Let me see where they are. And then he closes the screen on her. Oh, they're right here. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just walks away. No, he does. He's good in the movie. But yeah, he's, yeah. he's quite good. In and it, the yeah. director, the lady that played the that's director. That's Damien and Giselle's wife. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I didn't she either. Did. I'd never seen her before, but I thought she understood what she was there to do or what her character. Was, I just I felt like they all had a very clear idea of who they were mm-hmm. in their scenes, and they held firmly to that. And I wonder if, like, from an actor standpoint, if they felt like supported by each other and felt good in those moments of these back and forth and these really intense, crazy scenes with a lot of moving parts. If they all felt like everybody brought their A game, I would think so. I really do because it felt like whether or not I liked every storyline and I liked the everything they threw at it. I felt like um, for so many moving parts, I can't pick out a weak link for me. 
that was like, oh, they're not carrying their own. They're not, you know, the, next to each other. Like they're, I thought they were all fantastic. You were, I've already mentioned my weak link. Who was your weak link? Manny. Which one's Manny? He's the, oh, that uh, wasn't really a weak link. He just didn't resonate with you. That can't be a weak link. Why can't it be a rink- weak she, link? It's a weak link to you because... Well, you, yes. Okay. I think it's a weak link with you because he's the furthest from your understanding or capacity of like putting yourself in someone else's shoes. I think he's the furthest removed yeah. from who you are as a person. Okay. I'm not a. I'm, it's I'm, not a bad thing. I'm, it's just like no. you can't relate with him. There's nothing in his storyline that you relate with. I'm not a white woman either. Coming up. Yeah, like... but you're trying to act like one. <laughs> How dare you? The way I you want to speak to the manager <laughs> right there now. Right there. The way you order me around and ask for the crudite. I'll order you around, and you got it wrong not once but three times. I like. I didn't ask for this. I asked for that. Don't you listen? Why don't you write it down? Yeah. Can I talk to your manager? Okay, thank you, Glenn Close. <laughs> Patty LaPone. Printed <laughs> <laughs> at Peter. But, did, but didn't you walk away with that like, oh, I got to see a show, and I have a story. Exactly. But that's where I, I, my, my relationship to this story is that. You pretend to be an old white lady. I'm not lady. pretending to be an old white lady. <laughs> I am an old white lady. No, that's but, not right either. <laughs> but yes. Guess what? My, I'm still standing by my story that he is the least relatable to you. Because even though Margot no, Robbie not... was born with different generals than you, <laughs> you have a side of you that understands that's, that person. That's not that's not the issue. I just didn't feel that I was getting enough emotiveness. Emo- emo- Okay, well we're back. He's got his little <laughs> cocktail, and I'm I'm here breezing through with water. <laughs> Gotta you stay. make me need to drink because you're obnoxious. <laughs> you make me need to drink. Uh huh. All right. Well, speaking of obnoxious characters, Nellie. Let's get back to her Who for a Nelly? moment. Nellie is Margot Robbie's character. Oh, now she's annoying because I said you want to be her. No, what I'm trying to do is slide back into the. I bet uh... You are trying to slide back into that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like whatever. Man in America. Even though there there were parts, there was a part where I wanted to like slap this woman. Oh yeah. I think that she is certainly a oh, very honest character. That she's living by her own rules. Oh yeah. And that she's been on her own. Like there's no support from her family. Like her mother's institutionalized. Her father's ineffectual. When he's um, when he's at the the party trying to hit some on some woman, yeah. using Nellie's reputation, yeah. using her stardom, um, and then when he's at the fight for the snake and he passes out. Oh my he, god, that scene's amazing! And he's an inept manager, so he makes him his manager. That was the only thing that she took with her when they left and went off to Hollywood. But he's inept and not supportive. Uh, what, what else did you want to say about well, that? What was the whole oh, 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 of her being? But she's honest. She's true to herself. She's like you know when that whole scene. Sometimes. Yes, was when she, that whole scene at, the, at that that fancy party where they oh. try to resurrect her career again. Yeah. Uh, I'm just like yeah, at least she, yeah, she may be uncouth, she may be unpolished, but she's certainly no liar. And everything that you see yeah. before you is exactly who she is. Yep, and that's admirable. Yeah, to, to a point. own detriment. Yes, I mean, she's got a lot of demons that she uh, did not exercise going into that industry, and they caught up with her eventually. Yeah. But I do respect her as a that character and her, her honest portrayal of her life. Um, so that's one example of honesty there. Okay. There's Jack's um, search for honesty in his career. Like, you know, tell me, what, what, what did I need to do? What have I 
what haven't I done as far as like what his movies are yeah. being out there and like you know he wants and he and he has that conversation with uh, Irving Thalberg yep. played by Max Minghella you know just to, just to be honest with me for ten minutes this is a piece of shit and I'm doing you a favor yep. just be honest that's yeah. fine it's not doesn't matter if it's gonna hurt me I want the honest truth so he's searching in for an that industry shit. that doesn't thrive on honesty mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I think also Sidney Palmer is a ultimately he couldn't handle the honesty though uh jack yeah uh yeah there's there's the reality uh, of which he was living in he no longer wanted to be part of yeah uh, yeah that's that that's true it's sad i mean and i think he kind of knew it oh, but yeah. didn't really accept it because that when they're in the desert and they're getting ready for that fight uh or they, they are having the rattlesnake fight and nelly's already been bitten by the <laughs> snake and that all that commotion is going on but when we see it from his point of view everything kind of slows down and i and i felt like he's feeling what is this world this industry that i have been part of for so many years what is it becoming and it seems to be passing me by and what does it also mean though i felt like you had a lot of that what is like what is this thing that we're doing you know it's like there's that that a very important scene with a lot going on but they're trying to capture the light in that battle scene and she's doing her thing and he's in the tent literally rehearsing so hard um, that they're getting drunk and everybody passes out but him. And then ultimately he delivers that wonderful performance, but unbeknownst to himself, like he mm-hmm. was so out of it and it just happened to all come together and movie magic was made. So it makes you stop and think, is there really any magic or is it just all about right place, right time? Well, depending upon your perspective. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. they were, they were, um, I've seen some reviews where you don't, as the audience member, you don't see all that goes up behind the scenes. Like, you know, Manny having to go get the cameras, all those cameras being destroyed. Yeah, you would never for see that. that. You yeah. would never know that that happened. Yeah. You don't know about all the stuff that Nellie had to go through to, like, all, like, she's bringing all that stuff from her childhood, which is horrible to get that those tears on screen. We don't know any of that. Movie magic that's being created, but some of it's not created from a good place, or it's a very painful yeah. place. Or it just happens. Hmm. It just happens because there's something about you that is innately charismatic or watchable, and that's the thing about his his career. He started off in the silent movie era, and he was just watchable. Yeah. And his transition into being a speaking actor was different because when he speaks, he's not as necessarily not as dynamic or not what you picture. Yeah. And in that moment, he was so so intoxicated and so. It's almost like he was so drunk that he forgot to act. He just did it. He was just there, mm-hmm. present, and he just delivered the lines. But could he have done that sober? Could And we don't know that because there's no sign afterwards of him being able to deliver a standout acting performance. Yeah, I think that's the last, that's that's, the last, that's yeah. the last silent film, yeah. and then we're moving into the uh, the talkies after that. So I, I, I thought that was fascinating um, to see that. So, But anyway, that's me. Uh, what else can you pick apart from this movie? Let me pick apart. Oh, we're gonna go back to the to the to okay. the ending after. Um... Which ending? The five endings that no, you mentioned, the, or the, the sixth ending? The the, the the well, I guess would be number six or maybe number five. But this is the movie montage ending. Okay. Uh, which I thought was I uh... thought was kind of what I liked it because uh... it felt it felt like like almost like two thousand and one where you have that universe and it's just like you don't know what's gonna be birthed out of it. Is it gonna be magic? Is it gonna be chaos? Is it gonna be a combination of both? It's going to be something that's just going to be blowing your mind all the time. 
I, I, I like those possibilities, and I like how it's connected to the film industry. Okay. So it, right. for me, that that worked you for me. Okay. I'm not looking to be right or wrong. I'm just looking for my, what my interpretation was. And like I said, I was confused. At it. Like, I don't know what Manny was crying about. I don't know what he was smiling at, really. Because when we saw that scene, like, there, was, there, there seemed to be bits that are lifted from his experience in the industry. Like, so I think there were parts of that that from um, Singing in the Rain. Well, I mean, I know there are. But that, like, that elocution, I think that's part of Singing oh, in the Rain. Oh, it's 100%, yeah. Okay. The, the main actress in the silent films and is got this really high-pinched, crazy voice, so they use the backup uh, dancer, which is Debbie Reynolds, to do the voice. Okay. And then the lady sings, so it's all about that dynamic. This whole movie was a montage to um, Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. Um, inspired by or whatever, but yeah. And then he gets emotional about it, supposedly because of the own correlations to his own. Like he lived, okay. he okay. lived a version of that. Okay. Okay, well that makes <laughs> that makes it a bit clear, which I didn't really understand at the time of my first I think viewing. The Cazell guy, whatever he he completely jacked this movie from singing in the rain. One hundred percent, it was jacked. Uh, okay, it was not. He woke up one morning. I have a story I must tell. I have walked through the desert, well, starving, and I must tell this story before I die. No, he was inspired by one of the greatest movies of all time, well, and made his updated version of it. It isn't. It's, it's, okay. Period. Facts are being thrown around here. Okay. That's... Catch them if you can, motherfucker. All right. That, that's perfectly fine. That makes my understanding of I the... I don't need you to pacify me. <laughs> A little too much joy drink. I don't need you to tell me that I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I think you need a rest. sure what happened to the technical part of our recording uh, later uh, towards the end of this recording but there was more but uh, it didn't seem to catch on to to the magic of tape uh, so thanks for joining us we're going to try to do something um, else next time but uh, since there's nobody else in the room but me uh, I enjoyed Babylon thoroughly do check it out And uh, we will meet again on our next episode of Ooh, That's Good. You've been listening to Ooh, That's Good, our podcast about our love of movies, TV, and pop culture. Catch Ooh, That's Good on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be on the lookout for future episodes join the conversation and get in on the fun by emailing us at ooh that's good podcast at gmail.com till next time go watch something good